be touched, you say amen. Thank God there's nothing like the touch of Jesus. Well, since you're sounding good, say an amen. If you're glad to be here, say amen. Well, I'll tell you what, it is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Take the word of God, please. Turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm 83, right after the book of Job, right before the book of Proverbs. As you know, the largest book in the Bible. Man, I was excited about getting here. I'm telling you what's truth. I love being in the house of the Lord. Love being with you all. And uh, Judy and I were talking. She shared her testimony with me before worship. And I told her, I said, you know, I said, I'm sure. And, and I am within reason. Sometimes when I tell you all some of the things that I do from the pulpit or going on in other churches, you may think I'm crazy. But really, in the, in the long run, we don't know the half. We don't know the half of people that don't believe the truths of this word, half the people that uh, are running on an experience and not on the truth of the Word of God rightly divided. Man, I could go on and on. I could spend my next 27 minutes that I've got here telling you things that are absent from the house of God. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad we come to an old-fashioned Bible-believing, a listen, Christ-centered church that worships Him in spirit and in truth. Are we perfect? Look up here at us. No, you're looking at the one that would make this church imperfect if it were because I'm a part of it. But I'll tell you what, we want, we want to do it right. We want to do it for His glory. We certainly, certainly do. Hey, uh, I, I give you all a handout. We're going to look at that thing in just, just a minute. But I want to say thanks to Miss Phyllis. I called her off the cuff this morning because it's, it's colored uh, I didn't think my little HP would do it. I'd run out of ink before it got done. So I know she does the bulletins. And, and uh, I even asked about the cost, Steve, how much it would be. She said M-I-N-I-N-A-L, minimal. So I'm glad for that. So she, she, she printed them off. I'm thankful for my wife and my granddaughters with us, Alice's son. They did all the stapling. I even messed up on some of the copying, but don't tell Steve. I, I, I messed up some pages I'd throw away. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. But I want to I wanna quickly read the first, oh, I don't know, the first eight verses of Psalm 83. Let me give you a little bit of the history of it very, very quickly. Got a lot to say. I don't know how far we'll get in this, but uh, we'll do our best. It was written by a man by the name of Asaph, and he was a Levite. The Bible even says that he was a seer. We learned last week that a seer was a prophet. He was able to prophesy. And with that in mind, although this psalm, this 18-verse psalm, does not, at least on the surface from what we can see, but God knows what it has in it because he was one that inspired Asaph to, to paint it, from the surface, at least, it doesn't look like it's prophetic or there are any prophecies. But when you read through the Old Testament, you would and I would miss prophecies that Jesus or the apostles brought out in the New Testament. We just go right by them and think, well, that's just another verse. So we don't know exactly what all the Scripture has, but God does. So now, is this psalm a prophetic or a historical psalm? Watch my head. It's both. I believe with all of my heart that Asaph wrote about a war that he was familiar with, but I believe it was prophetic in that there is a war like that he saw that's yet to come. 
I'll step ahead just a little bit. It's what we're seeing in Israel with uh, Hamas, which are the uh, Islamics, the Palestinians, the Muslims. Is this that war? Well, I'm going to say this. It could be. It does not appear to be that at moment. This one I'm going to tell you, it could change overnight. We've already got two fronts, two war, two, two fronts to that war. One north in, in Lebanon with Hezbollah, one in the southwest with Gaza. Even we've heard that, um, what is it, the Houthis? Is it the Houthis been firing rockets in there from maybe Yemen? And you've also been hearing some things coming from Syria so much that maybe even we, America, if what I've read is correct, have dropped a bomb or two on there. Come here, and, come here and get this. You don't have one, do you? Yeah, you do. Okay, good. Because I, I told Davis I need to take Bev one and never forgot about it. But that's the way my mind works. So, so anyway, it's an interesting psalm about everybody that, that, that is in the who's who or even the pastors like me and the, in the ones you don't know, they're talking about Psalm 83, talking about the wars of the last days, talking about the coming of Christ. And you say, why? Because he's coming. Man, listen, the coming of Christ ought, in my opinion, always be on the forefront of our minds. So here we go, chapter, not chapter, but Psalm 83, verse 1. And this is Asaph. He was a singer. He, he was uh, appointed by David. And, uh, well, he's just a godly man. Keep not thou silent, O God. Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O God. Now, like I told you last week, this is what is known as an imprecatory psalm. It is a psalm that, uh, that uh, uh, Asaph wrote to God. It is a prayer asking him to judge these ten nations that, have come against Israel. Bring them to judgment. Wipe them out. If you go on and read below me in verses 9 through 18, you'll find how it's imprecatory because uh, Asaph said, you, you, you take them out like you did Orab or, or, or um, who was the other guy? Orab or Zeab. That's what I thought it was. And, and even others. But he said, for lo, listen now, thine enemies. We'll find in verse 4 that the enemies surrounding the nation of Israel were coming against Israel their self. Listen, folks, anytime you go against God's people, God's man, you're going against God. All right? You'll come to naught. You'll not be successful. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. If you want to turn back, not now, but sometime on your own, right there, read Psalm 2. I read a couple of verses out of it last week. That'll be a blessing to you. He said in verse 4, they have, they have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. Now, folks, this is where it gets really exciting. This verse right here, we're seeing prophecy fulfilled before our eyes. And, and, and look, now, one of the really upsetting things to me is we have seen the rise in America in anti-Semitic, I'll get the right one of those words that I want out there, anti-Semitic activity in America in this year more than any year that I've been alive. Now, listen, folks, there are times that I think that Biden... He's, he's, he's leading administration here. His cabinet members are a little shaky on Israel. 
And I'm against the UN. Y'all know what the UN means? Unnecessary. Biggest waste of money. Biggest waste of real estate there is in New York City. We ought to kick it out and let somebody else fund it if they want to. But it is a waste of time. Now you watch what I tell you. I'm not a prophet. But as this goes on, the UN's going to turn against Israel more than, he, than, than they already are. And they're already against them. I can't tell you, I, and I wish I could remember the president, whether, whether it was, and I'm almost sure it was Obama, how many times since that administration has the UN voted against Israel? Man, I'm telling you, God's word's going to come to pass whether man believes it will or not. But, but it's, it's, it, is, it is significant to me to watch what's going on in Israel I mean, in America, about Israel, in relation to Israel, especially in our college campuses, which now no longer really want somebody Christian there to even uh, talk. I mean, you all know that. They're, they're, they're getting rid of them. And there are just this week three presidents of three major colleges, starting with, is it Harvard? The other one was uh, Penn State. And I forget the other one. One of them said they repented. MIT, and, and they all made derogatory anti-Israeli remarks. It wasn't Penn State? Oh, okay. Thanks for the correction. All right, I missed that. So it's still shameful. It is still shameful. Let me read on. And he said, let me read it again. Come, let us... Cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more. And remember, remember what they were chanting from the river to the sea. In other words, look, look, look. Don't believe the lie of a two-state solution. The Islamists don't want that. The Palestinians don't want that. In the Hamas charter, and the Palestinian charter, they want to get rid of Israel. They don't want to abide co, uh, co-nation side by side in peace. And you know what I told you? I, I had to quote pretty close from Netanyahu. Netanyahu said, if the Arabs lay down their guns, there will be peace. He said, if the Israelis lay down their guns, there'll be no Israel. And that is true. That is true. Let me read on quickly. Except for they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom, the Ishmaelites, of Moab and the Hargarines, Jebel and Ammon and Amalek, the Palestinians with the inhabitants of Tyre, Asher, which is joined with them. They have opened the children of Lot, which means Ammon and uh, what's the others? Edom and Ammon. Edom and Ammon. Not Ammon, but Ammon. Now, look, I'm going to confess up. Whether you all remember this or not, I do. The first night I presented any Psalm 83, I told you that some of these nations listed here no longer exist. I'd done study on them. Some places I couldn't find them, and some of the people I was reading after said they couldn't either. So I just kind of stopped. But after all this got heated up, I continued to study and read and dig, and that's what this handout is about. This handout is about trying to identify the nations. Now listen to this next statement. Everybody listen and say amen. These nations that were in place in Ezekiel 
and in Asaph's day. If y'all heard that, say amen. All right, trying to find them then and now how they relate to nations with modern names. It's not an easy task. Somebody asked, how, how did you find these? I said, with a lot of reading and digging and researching. And that's not to pat myself on the back. That's what I've been called to do. I love to do it. And I thank my lovely wife. I don't care how many times she goes by me sitting in my seat in my study a day. She never says a word. Never criticizes. I'll tell you a secret. Don't tell her. I'm going to tell you. She'll slip in her every now and then and throw a hug on me. Amen. And if I've been real good, she even give me a little smooch. I, I like that too. Isn't that good? 51 years and we still love each other. Isn't that amazing? Man. Man, oh man. So here's what we're going to do. If you remember when I, I kind of got on this, I told you when you study this war, which is referred to by most theologians, most scholars, as the war of annihilation, because it's going to do away with ten nations that neighbor the nation of Israel, which will allow the nations of uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 to come down on Israel. It'll also provide them with something Ezekiel 38 and 39 says they need, which is a sense of peace and security. It's got to happen. This war, whenever it will happen, whether or not this is that war, it's yet to be seen. You know what all it would take right now? How, how much intelligence, if I may ask, without getting you in trouble and embarrassing you, and if I ask you something you don't want to answer, just look at me like you're not going to say anything, and I'll move on. How much intelligence were you privy to in, in your position? More than I was, right? That's an easy way to answer that, okay? So, see if I'm safe in saying this. Do you think the way it looks now that it wouldn't take just one spark at the right place to blow the whole Middle East up? Okay. Now, here's a man that's been in Afghanistan. I don't know where else he can tell us when he wants to. 32 years in the military. He was the liaison for uh, Senator Manchin for how long? For how long? 40. Thank you. Thought you were saying 40, and I'm thinking, son, you're not that old. Uh, and I know, I know he is, but, but I, couldn't, I couldn't hear. Uh, for four years... Wrote his, wrote, his, wrote his speeches, even told him probably how to vote. All right, if I'm wrong about that, you can get me out here. But, uh, I mean, Congress people lean upon their staff. Am I not? I mean, that's what you were there to do. He was a military liaison. And, and, and he listens to this old country preacher pray. I just think that's amazing. But, but anyway, folks, it could happen overnight. If you want to mark you a, a reference, read sometime Isaiah 17 and 1. And it doesn't say this, but, but like I'm going to say it, if you wake up some morning and Damascus has been leveled, bless God, you better look up because your redemption really draws nigh. Do you hear me? We're out of here. And it absolutely, absolutely could happen like that. So what I'm going to do very quickly, put the black and white map up, uh, brother, if, if, if you don't care. We're going to start with that one. And... Uh, I have listed these on the front page as the list of, of the Psalms 83 nations and look in parentheses whenever you get a chance. Don't turn back there. I refer to them as the inner circle of nations. Now, this list, I say, parallels most 
not all of the Islamic nations that surrounds, opposes, and actually shares a common border with the nation of Israel. They've been there for a while. They're still, they're still there. And I give you a list of names from, from Edom, the Ishmaelites, Moab, the Hargarines, Jebel, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, uh, Tyre, Asher, and the children of Lot. And it's not Edom, but it's Moab and Ammon. I'll get it right if I keep looking and guessing. But it is right on that. And when you look at that map, you can see, you can see how they border, share the border of the nation of Israel. Jason was kind enough to come up and stay with us this morning or this evening and uh, put these up for us. And you, you can see where they're located. I, I even on the list, I tried to, did I try to, no, I did not. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. I, I noted where they're at like Edom. Do you see where Edom is? Down, it would be, a, I don't know, just a little south of the Dead Sea on the right of the page. You see it on the map? You see it? Well, on the page where I identified it, I said it's South Jordan, and the Palestinians are there. Most of these are Palestinians. Look, I can't, I can't separate these, and I would love to hear if there's anybody in here that can do this sometime. Somebody teach and tell me the difference between Ishmaelites and Arabs. Because not all Arabs, it kind of makes me believe, are Ishmaelites. And yet, when I read about all these countries that are a part of the inner circle and the outer circles, I have referred to them. Okay, in this land, they're surrounded completely by Ishmaelites. But somebody is trying to teach me that they're all not Arabs. And I can't get that in my head. So if y'all can, I'd be happy to learn. I'm listening. Where's Israel? To the left of Edom in that dark spot. Teresa, thank you for pointing that out. Can, can you all can, can see the emphasis on that? Can you see how much they are surrounded? Now, this doesn't include Gog, Magog, and Turkey. It doesn't, it doesn't include all the Stan nations, the nations that end in S-T-A-N. It doesn't include Rosh, which is Russia. It doesn't, it doesn't include those. I, I have read, I didn't write it down. I forgot how many billions of people surround them. I forgot how many uh, hundreds of thousands of, of, uh, of uh, square miles of land surround that little nation of Israel that is made up of now less than 30,000 square miles. I mean, it's less, I, can anybody remember how wide it is at its narrowest point? There where they refer to, quote, the West Bank, okay, which is Samaria and Judea, that little place over from the left of Ammon down, uh, down there to where the Dead Sea would be, that white place that intrudes into Israel, it looks kind of like a cancer. <laughs> That's a good way to say it, isn't it? I mean, from that point on, it's on, I forget, maybe 23 miles wide. It, it's surprisingly narrow. And yet, folks, listen, that bunch that lives around Israel scared to death of them. I'm talking about Israel. When we were in Israel, I was there my first time in 1985. Our guide's name was Abraham Steinbeck. Guess what we called him? Father Abraham. 
I mean, who could pass a chance up like that? He was a great man. He got shot down the Golden Heights in the, in, in, in the, in the War of 67. He even showed his exact place his, his fighter jet went down. And, and, we, and we were talking. I asked God, so I can't tell you the questions we asked him. But he said, look, when we get back to our hotel, and we, I, we got to stay for, I don't know, like six, seven days on, on the Mount of Olivet. Isn't that amazing? In the, in the hotel, the Seven Arches, I mean to tell you, it's a five-star hotel. It's run down sad now. But uh, we, we, we were there, and he said, when we get back to the hotel, the and he said, we got a, I got a T-shirt I want to sell. All of you tourists, and of course, everybody I want to know what's on it. He said, it says, don't worry, America, Israel is behind you. You know what? They know they're back in the land. If you understand that, say amen. Here's what else they know, and they'll tell you they're not leaving again. That's exactly right. Boy, that's a good verse, John. They're, they're going to get victory in this war. You all know that, don't you? Even whether, the, even whether or not the, the, the UN or other nation around the world wants it to or not. I forgot it did mention Turkey on here. I'm sorry about that. But, but they're just, look. They, they look to be outnumbered and outgunned. Brother, sister, they are not. Let's look over here to the next map. Jason, if you don't care, the one that's, the one that's, that's colored. Uh, this is, let, let's go quickly. If we don't have much, Lord have mercy. I don't know how time travels so quick up here. Ezekiel 38, really, really, really quickly. And while y'all are turning, let me do something I meant to do at the beginning. Jessica, I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but we're so glad you're here. Girl, you hear me? So proud of you. Glory. Hallelujah. By the way, BG, we're happy to have you too. But it just happened. She got saved. You came saved. She got saved. And we're also glad to have Darren. Uh, that's, that's Brother Greg's brother with us tonight. Make, make him welcome. You hear him? Go out of your way to make him welcome. We're, we're happy for you. Ezekiel 38, and I, I'll not be able to read all of them. I, I have tried to count, and somebody that's way smarter than me, and that's all of y'all, count the number of nations you find in Ezekiel 38 and 9. Let me know sometime between next week. I've counted anywhere from between 8 and 14, I think. Now, some of them depends on how you look, whether they're connected with them or not. I, you, you know. So look, let, let me pick it up. Let me pick it up, and it's not going to make much sense. Let me pick it up uh, in verse 4. In verse 4, chapter 38 of the book of Ezekiel, he said, I, meaning God, will turn thee back, speaking to Russia, which is Gog and Magog. Gog means a leader. Magog is a people. When you get to Rosh, it's Russia. I'm convinced of that. And you've got different people having different ideas about some of these names. But he said, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, I will turn thee back, put hooks into thy jaws. I will bring thee forth and all thine army and horses and horsemen and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shield, all of them handling swords. Persia, which is Iran. Persia changed her name to Iran in 1935. Ethiopia, Libya with, with them. All of them with shield and helmet. Gomer, everybody look up here. In the day of Ezekiel, Gomer was in uh, Turkey. They were, they were the Scythians. They have since migrated into Europe, and they can be referred to as the Germans, okay? It's an easy step. Most of your 
people say that it is, but if you read and dig and remember, that's why I made the statement I did. These were in the times of Ezekiel and also Asaph. That's the time when we're worried about these people. They were in Germany, okay? Or I mean in, in Turkey, not Germany. All his bands, the house of Togomer of the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with him. Now, on the front of this, I wonder who's got mine. I wonder who's got my hand that's got the, the shuns written out. Anybody? Anybody got that? Ah, I got it. Thank God. I can get most of them without help, but I thought instead of totally, and I forgot to bring my pointer. But if you look at this map, right, right, look, look at the green place where it says Magog. Everybody there? Above it, you'll see Pakistan. Below it, you'll see Uzbekistan. To the right of it, you barely see some writing, which is, um, hold on just a minute, I've got the name here. Oh, there it is. Kyrgyzstan. You want to come up here and teach? That was good, you hear me? I like that. Where you been all my life, Steve Crow? And right under that, you'll see some you'll see a little place that's empty. What that is supposed to be, because it's, it's, it's um, Tajikistan. Tajikistan. I did pretty good with that one, didn't I? It's on your paper, T-A-J-I-K. It's on your paper on, on the other side, T-A-J-I-K-I-S-T-A-N, Tajikistan. Then there is Afghanistan and Pakistan, and um, you, you, see those, you see those nations. Just remember they're all the Stan nations. Now some people believe when this entourage of Islamic nations that have become confederate with Russia that even Ukraine and others will come with them as a part of Russia. Does anybody know what, what God's going to do to bring them down there? I read it to you. He's going to put a hook in their nose. And look, there's, there, there are two great reasons for anybody to want to take Israel. I mean, it's the natural land bridge that links three continents. You all know that. The Via Mars, which is called the, 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 the Main Street, went right through there. We walked it. We've been on it. Those of us that's been privileged to go to Israel, it's just amazing. Matter of fact, that's where, that's where Matthew, the Levi, was found when he was converted. He was on that road picking up taxes and taking toil, or toil, not toil, but toil. Those are hard for me to say. And um, it, I, it, I don't know, it's just, it's, just, it's just a great place. I have no idea where I was going with what I was going to say. It was good, though. Oh, why they were all coming down. Two reasons, thank you, Mark. Number one, the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is not only the lowest place on planet Earth, it's almost 1,300 feet below sea level, but it's also one of, if not the richest places on planet Earth. How many of y'all know that? Raise your hand. A few of you. With all the minerals and stuff that is in that place with what they can do, amazing. What do y'all think the second hook that God put in the nose of Russia, this Russian-led confederate of Islamic nation. We've got to quit on this. What do you think the second one is? It's just been recently discovered in the last two or three years. The world's greatest gas reserve. 
And Russia needs that. I hate a clock sometimes, and this is one time I hate it. We got to go. I think y'all would stay with me tonight, but we got to go. We'll pick it back up here a little bit next week. I, I, here, here's what we're going to do next, next week. We're going to look at some things like um, what we do know. We're going to look at something about the Confederate of the Ten Nations. We're going to see why, why they're motivated. We're going we're to look and see um, why they're coming down, some things about the war. We're going to get a note of interest, and then we're going to make a conclusion. So any questions, comments, additions while we're getting a song for dismissal? Well, thank the Lord for that. I, you know, I love you all letting me try to teach to you. I mean that. I, I was so overloaded last week, went out of here so defeated, and so many of you all were so kind, talked about how it blessed you. But uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of people can do better than I do, but I don't know many, if any, love to try more than I do that's a fact so let's stand we're going to sing a song if you got a need to pray desire to pray that's what this time at the end of our service is